the Ealing Cricketer. Writing these intros is never easy. Delivering them is even harder. But but this week, everything comes as if from the pen of a famous child author. Well done, the ones. Not so well done to the twos. Ah, threes did really badly. It's a, it's a cascading scale of, of results. Uh, the ones beat top of the league North Middlesex in a glorious chase at home in front of many people. Uh, ben Graves gets a not out hundred as league top ever run scorer scores chances 93. The twos lose on half a pitch and the threes in a title challenge lose to a team worse than them by getting all out for less than 80. How does Ealing respond? That's all ahead of us. We are joined by many of the people involved at the weekend, some more than others. Ben Graves joins us. Asam Faraz joins us after taking some wickets. And we also have Ned Russell that was also part of the weekend's fixtures. Ask ECC is back. We will hear from AJ again, once again, about how his week's been now that his father is back from Cape Town. And speaking of his father, it is that time that I, Mungo Russell, introduced my guest host, Lee Parry, you're back, you're home. How did it feel last week to be listening to the podcast, knowing that you weren't going to hear your own voice? Gutting, in a word, absolutely gutting. Uh, sat in, uh, in, uh, in a nice, lovely, actually it wasn't lovely, it rained, <clears throat> the weather was terrible. Yeah, this is going to be hard. This is going to be one of the toughest things I've ever had to say. But well done, Oliver Wilkin. Uh, and thank you for stepping in while I was away and unfortunately not able to uh, podcast. But uh, this is going to hurt. It was very good. It was very good, boys. Well done. Uh, great efforts uh, all round. And um, obviously, uh, you know, the results this weekend, you know, the, watching the ones. Well, I fell asleep for most of it because Graves was batting. Um, and we do speak to him about that afterwards. Uh, Beastie, who I've played crew with for, for a lot of my all my time at, uh, at Ealing is still, it just shows your age is nothing but a ginger uh, number. Uh, and yeah, he, he'll just, I mean, he's going to score a billion, isn't he? I think he's going to get to a billion league runs. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, he, he has said it. He's not, a, he's not a man of targets. That's not something he was thinking about. But now that he is on top and he's got over 6,100 runs or something, how many is he going to score? Let us know. If you, <laughs> it does say he doesn't care about stats and hundreds of stuff like that. I was watching, and if you have the time, or if you can be bored enough, or if you're a badger, if you watch him play the pool shot when he does get out uh, in the 90s, as he walks off, he absolutely smashes the floor with his foot. <laughs> he kicks it in absolute utter disgust. So for a man who doesn't uh, care about stats, he was an angry beast, I'll tell you that. Never liked being near an angry beast. Any beast, <laughs> but especially not a ginger badger beast. <laughs> We have spoken to Graves already and, and we do go on to speak about the game and, and something that did come up was, was my position in the batting order. I was batting at six and something that we, we, we didn't mention was that their wicketkeeper, who is a compatriot of mine from university, was basically sledging me long before I was even padded up. He was saying, don't worry, just need the four lads, just the four wickets lads, and then we're in. Mungo at six lads, push hard for Mungo at six lads. Um, and God, I was relieved. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a torrent of abuse. It would have been. And look, my batting can take it. It can take it. But I was pretty happy to not have to do it this week. And 
And on a week where we were short of batting, for two lads to stand up and score that many runs um, was, was pretty special. It was pretty special. Should mention Robbie Connolly briefly, part of a lovely 50 opening stand with Gravesy. But yeah, we, we do enter the game with Ben and, and we shouldn't dwell. A tough week for the twos and threes, Mung. Um, obviously, the threes still fighting hard. Um, uh, we have a chat to, uh, to, to Ned a little bit later. You know, I don't, I don't think we need to panic. I think there's enough quality uh, there to, to see us through to the end of the season. Um, every now and then, you've got to get your pants taken down, if you know what I mean, Mung. Uh, and this weekend, it was, uh, it was pants down for the threes. But again, your, this, this weekend is, is, is the weekend where you, you fight back and you show what you're worth. Uh, twos, obviously, struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, but again, I think there's enough quality in there uh, to make sure that we do we do stay up. Um, we never talk about easy games, but you know they've got a, a few relatively easy games coming up. We'd like to say, and, and hopefully they take enough points away from that. And you never know, but a momentum towards the end of the season uh, will be nice, especially with the one day stuff coming uh, coming up, which probably suits us more. Yeah, and, and with some of those pesky school children coming back as well, I I, I do think that a mixture of, of them returning and some experienced members such as Christopher Glasper and, and your kind self when you're around will aid, will aid all the sides. And what, when are we looking at your return, Lee? Why pesky? Why pesky? Why pesky? Oh, the school children are pretty pesky. I think that's a bit harsh, Mungo. No, no, no. I think, I think as a rule, I mean, I am generalising. Maybe it's a lazy generalisation, but, but younger people are, are peskier. I never, I never heard anyone say when you came back from uni or, or you know, when you finished your, your school stuff that, oh, pesky Mungo Russell's coming back to play. That's because they were intimidated by me. I was an intimid- I am a very intimidating character and, and force of nature. So, so people wouldn't dare to say that even behind my back or about me on the internet as, as, as I'm doing. All of a sudden, you've learned how to bat and now you've become a bellend. Let's quickly, before we hear from, from Gravesy and Cabs and, and from Ned, you're under 13, sadly. Ollie and I were but hypothesising last week about, about how they were feeling. How are you feeling being apart from, from them? I know it's been a pretty guiding force in, in your life for the past couple of months. I got a, a few nice uh, gifts for my hard work um, with the boys. We played 14 games, uh, one eight, lost the rest. Uh, my maths isn't that good to work that out very, very quickly. Um, so a very, very good uh, percentage win. I think one of the, the best in the school. As I was saying, I've got a few gifts from uh, a few of the boys. Um, but to, uh, to Nathan, uh, to Rohan and to Jasvia, uh, first day back at school is going to be quite tough for you. Let's hear from Gravesy, let's hear from Cabs and let's hear from Ned. Hey, Gravesy, I'm just going to count us in from three. Oh, we're on. Love that. Straight straight in, Mungo. Straight in, Mungo. No, we're on a tight schedule. Um, I'm going right, to... Go. I'm ready. Ben Graves. It's been a couple of days since your many, many runs at the weekend, and they came at such a pace that I can only think that they are a, di- a direct response to the criticism you faced on this podcast. How do you respond? Uh, well, yeah, my response is that um, this interview will not continue until a formal apology, verbal apology, from both Mr. Parry and Mr. Russell uh, at my slow scoring. Um, so that, that's what I'm putting out there. Okay, I'll, I'll start because obviously I, <clears throat> I've given you a lot of, a lot of stick, uh, Ben. So um, from myself personally, um, I'm very, very, very sorry uh, for everything I've said about you. You're an icon, you're a legend. Um, I, I, you know, to, to call you a friend is actually an honour for me. Uh, I take back everything I said. But on a serious note, Mungo, how boring was his 100? 
God, after he got to 100, the final 28 were bloody turgid. It's oh. most people when they get to 100 start to really open out and the pace starts to increase and, and the chase is done just in, in, in a couple of swipes. But Gravesy went the other way. He was, look, he hunted this really, yeah. really hard and, and you have to applaud him for that. Yeah. I did yeah. watch, I did watch I, online before, before you carry on a bit. I did watch online and I fell asleep. Thanks for the, um, yeah, well, just to, to come back on that, I'd say, yeah, every, well, in my first sort of like 20 balls, every every ball was there in my head as, as any bowler was running in was like, I must prove Mungo and Lee wrong. I must prove them wrong. So, so thank you for inspiring me. I'm sometimes marvel at my own batting at how out of sorts I can look. And um, yeah, it wasn't a pretty sight. But I think it was also, I mean, it was a hot day and I had been out there all day. But I will say probably the most demoralising moment of, of my whole innings. I mean, the best part was spending it with Beast, who was just, um, hopefully we'll, we'll talk about that, but he was just immaculate. But um, I think I was on a, he was on about 80, I was on about 90, 100. Um, and I come sort of every over, I'm like, get helmet off, get everything off, take two knees, like take as much break as I can. I'm like, how are you feeling, Beast? He's like, not a sweat anywhere. Yeah, feeling pretty good, thanks. Yeah, like, just just getting going here. And I was like, what is going on? He's got like 20 years on me. And he was just strutting his stuff and I was absolutely cooked. So it's a it's a it's a ginger thing, uh, Ben. Uh, having known Beast for a very, very long time. Uh, he'll admit uh, gingers just, just they just don't feel the heat they're just a they're just a, a different human being altogether yeah famous famously do very well in the sun don't they <laughs> yeah it did go against so many stereotypes his innings he just looked so comfortable the whole way through a, a real chanceless 93 until he tried to get himself to 100 and, and win the game in, in two swipes of a cricket ball and got caught on the rope um, yeah. but, but like, I mean, I don't know about you, Gravesy, but halfway through, I mean, they ended up with what, 200 and 260 odd? Yeah, 260 something. It, it found like quite a long way to me. Maybe it's because it was so hot and we've been out there for so long. And also because we'd had them 100 for five. For them to go and get 260 felt like a long way. I, how were you feeling halfway through? Yeah, it's a good point. I was actually saying to someone in the field, it's like the worst type of 60 overs. It's like almost, you know, if they're 100 for none, you're kind of like, right, let's settle in. You know, we're, we're in the dirt. But when you got them, what, what was it, 100 for five, you, you're kind of thinking, okay, well, we nick a couple off here and then we're in, we're in chasing 150 um, and, and sort of the games are at halfway. So it's like the worst, the worst type of 260 dirt. I'm actually going to put this to uh, to both of you as the season has sort of gone on. We've actually, I think, from watching quite a few of the games uh, now and being an outsider, we've actually had a lot of teams sort of, you know, at that score for five or for six. And a lot of them seem to be going going on and, and, and getting a, a decent score. And obviously this weekend we did extremely well to, uh, to knock it off. What... Why has it happened? And do we just do we switch off? Do we think right? That's it. We can just you know it'll just happen. Or you know, like I said to both of you, what, what do you think has made the what do you think made the difference on the weekend? That obviously they got off to a, a decent score, but we take, we seem to knock it off quite easily. Well, I think I think we can split that into two questions. That the first one being like how why haven't we sometimes killed the game off with the ball when we're, when bowling first? And I think there's been a lot of chat this year about the flatness of the pitches. I mean, the weather has been, it has been so gorgeous that 
runs are runs are out there and the balls have have been going so soft i will say we did do something different this week we actually used no sweat when shining the cricket ball we dry shined the ball the whole way through and the ball held its shape and was harder for longer it might also have been the best ball we had what it meant was that i mean we haven't spoken about alex alex fell's monster spell yet and his his three wickets but yeah. it, the ball was swinging for Felly for a really long time and that was partly because of a, a difference in, in the way that we decided to, to look after the ball. Crazy, but, but before we let you go on this on this sunny Wednesday afternoon, I know you have places to be, people to see. You're away for a couple of weeks. How frustrating is it to score 100 and then have to just not be around for, for two weekends? Well, you know, famously, everyone's a better player when they're not playing in the side. So um, will you ever see me this season again? Maybe not next season. Just leave the kind of 130 red. In, in the memories of 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 Corfton Road, um, and I'll, I'll be I'll return playing like Richard Pant or expected to play like Richard Pant. But um, no, yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice to get a score away. I'm sure the lads will be all right. Mungo's up to five this week, so there's going to be no dangers, no dangers in our batting order. All all my faith is in Mungo. Look, I mean, look, all all my faith is in me as well. I I, I can't see that. I can't see that going awry whatsoever. Crazy! Uh, yeah. thank you so much for joining us and and i think it is now finally time but i also apologize for, for all the slander you face on the podcast don't do it don't do it i accept i accept that apology but i also admit that hun- batting from 100 to 128 in the way that i did was was boring i was bored i was bored and i was doing it and um, anyway cheers lads yeah i think we just roll us on Cabsy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> well, well and, you, and you've replaced him, which is better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, can use, we can use all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well done in your wickets at the weekend. Thank you for having me on, lads. Um, and, and thank you for getting... Are you, you going to get my wickets right this time, Mungo? Yeah, you got, you got one or something, didn't you? <laughs> One plus three, yeah. Oh, that'll be right. right. Look like a tough day out. It's always an... In- you were at North Middlesex, weren't you? It's always an interesting game there for the twos because you're often playing next to a third level pitch as well how does that change the game for you as a spinner uh yeah so for those of you who haven't been there played there before like the first team play on the full length of the pitch whereas the twos and threes I mean, essentially get paid play on half the ground and it's basically a poster stand so it's like 45 yard boundaries one side well all sides to be honest um funnily enough i, I it's generally quite a happy hunting ground. I don't know what it is, whether batters just try to go after you more. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I still, you still get plinked for six as, as you do, but their pitches are, are pretty good for bowling on. So you still get a little bit of value for money. Um, so unlike other grounds, like I've played at Barnes, for instance, which is a horrible ground to play at or Highgate, and you end up bowling just darts. Whereas I don't generally do that in North Mid. It's actually quite a nice deck to bowl on. You get a bit, you get a bit out of it. Um, as you can see from the, like Gallier also bowled really well on the spin of the other side. He didn't get he, he didn't get the reward that he deserved, but um, again he, he he didn't bowl flat or anything. He bowled he tossed it up and there and just unlucky not to get not to get some wickets. Yeah, in fact, you, your both your figures actually really complemented each other in the end. Like you you were a touch more expensive, but obviously picked up those four wickets and and Gallier ended up bowling like seventeen overs at two and over or something, which on a yeah. on a ground of that size is is obviously really really impressive. Um, and you had you had another another young bowler as well. Well, I'd say bowler Conor Fatty is definitely definitely an all rounder, but he hasn't bowled much of the twos before. Threefer. 
Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I think I'm pretty sure that's the first game I've ever played with him. I only played against him once in like an MCC game and he batted brilliantly that day and he got 50. And no, I didn't even know he could bowl. Um, so I was really impressed. Just, you know, it reminded me of a, of a young Mungo Russell, if I have to be honest, you know, just, you know, jogged in. He needs to work on that run-up because it's, his run-up's terrible, but once he gets to the crease, he, uh, he generates, a little bit of, generates a little bit of pace. So he's, he's actually quicker than you think he is. The obvious question the listeners want to hear, which is not cricket-related, obviously, Cavs, because that's my job at this, uh, at this pod. You've got to marry somebody, you've got to take someone out on a date, and you've got to have a one-night stand with one of these boys. Glasper, Ollie, or Mungo? I think I've got to marry my, my cricket husband, and that's Christopher Glasper. Your reason? Just, uh, I think we complement we, we are like a married couple already anyway. So we make each other mad and argue, but have a lot of fun. So that's pretty much marriage material right there. Um, uh, my one night stand, stand, yeah, it's got to be Ollie Wilkin, to be honest. Um, yeah. Do you want to, reason being, I think Mungo would be better value on a date. You'd give me a better chat over dinner than Ollie Wilkin. Yeah, no, but that's not the third option, is it? What was the third option? Kicking from the team. Oh, kicking from the team. Oh, oh. In which case, <laughs> you're my one night stand. I thought I thought the other one was a date. Yes, you're my one night stand, Ollie. What, what, what it was? Mungo just changed it up. <laughs> <laughs> like how rude is that? How dare you? How dare I know. You? So, well, I, I wanted to take you on a date, mate. I think you'd be, uh, <laughs> be happy with that. Cabsy, le- levity aside, it it must have been a pretty tough second half of the game. Um, watching watching those wickets fall. That said, as a lower order batter, when that happens, are you ever thinking, oh, maybe this is my day to be a hero? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, when I went out to bat, and bear in mind, I only got one. <laughs> uh, when I went out to bat, I was like, short boundaries, this could be cavity time, take the big bat out and just basically swing for the hit, maybe get a quick 40, quick 50, and suddenly you're back in the game. But then you go out there and kind of reality slightly hits and you look at the scoreboard and, you, and you're, you know, seven down, staring down the barrel and you're like, well, if I go out and try and swing from the hip and I get bowl, little stump, I'm going to look like a bit of a pillock. So you end up trying to bat like a batter, still with a mindset of, you know, I, it could be my day. I could be the hero here. Um, but what I want to do and what I end up doing were two very different things, unfortunately. So you still yes. ended up looking like a pillock? Yeah, I still, I still got Bill Bill Middle stump. <laughs> but trying to bat like a batsman rather than trying to smash it. <laughs> so, so, what, so what have you learned? Uh, I've learned just, you know, just, you know. Swing from the hip. Swing, swing from, from the hip, hip. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get my inner parry in and, uh, and go out. I was about to say, for, for someone with as much experience as you and I, that, that thought of maybe I should bat like a batter <laughs> should have lost at least half a second. And then you should have gone and scored your quick 60 uh, or uh, 12 balls. <laughs> I know, I know. I, need to, I feel like I need to write something on my back. So to remind myself that, look, you're not a batter. You will bat better if you just swing from the hip and bat. Like all, you have to do, bat. all you have to do is get a sharpie and write a big no on the bottom yeah. of your back. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, or on my gloves or somewhere where I can read it, yeah. I quite like the full sentence of, you are not a batter being down the back <laughs> yeah, yeah. of your bat. Yeah. <laughs> Other sides going, what is wrong with this boat? Uh, <laughs> Cavs, you're sitting, sitting bottomish table. Is is uh, what's the chat around the uh, the group? Is you know, all the boys but nervous, or is it uh, is it just get the job done and uh, and guaranteed to make sure we stay up? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, I guess. It's it's one of those things where we've been in we've 
we've been in all the games kind of there's a few games where we we've completely messed up and we've bowled up for nothing and and and, and we've been rolled but like the game last week we were in it you know we should have we should have won that so while while we're still in the fight i feel like there are games where we'll turn it around and we'll have you know a, a stronger squad a stronger stronger set of players that we can go out and actually um, and actually win those so i'm not worried about being relegated i think it's something that we have to look at you know ultimately some of these games that are coming up will be you know proverbial 20 pointers as, as, as you want to call them so we, we can't be complacent we have to know that we're in a real dog fight but i feel like we still got the quality to be able to come through this season and not, and not be in that in that relegation fight yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the table now. You've got an a, an 18-point gap to Richmond, who are, who are second from bottom. Uh, you've got Acton in between you, who are only three points behind. And you play them this weekend at Corfton Road. So, yeah, I guess this, this must be the first of what, what you you would call a 20-pointer. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a must-win, right? We beat them at theirs, um, and we were better than them there at theirs. So, hopefully, I don't know what the squad looks like or what availability is like, but hopefully we can put a good side out and do it again and get 20 points off them. Cabzi, thank, thank you so much for your time. And look, be, best of luck to the twos over this, over this stretch. Massive game at the weekend, and I'm sure everyone's going to be, going to be raring to go after, after a good showing at training. I hear a little birdie told me that Christopher Glasper, your cricket husband, is returning just in time. Th- those rumours are true if they let him on the plane, yes. He's, I think he's supposed to be, he might be even mid-air at the moment. I think his flight's coming in today. So uh, he will be back in all his grumpy glory. Well, we, we look forward to hearing from him and his, his American trails and, and trials. Um, Cabs, thanks again. Well, bold at the weekend on your, on your seven wickets or however many you got. Um, and we'll be hearing from you very soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me on. Go well. Cheers, Cabs. Shall I go and find Ned? Yes, please. Can this be really swift? I'm so hungry. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Ned. <laughs> Ned, um, all out for 70 odd and, and chase three down. A good week, good Saturday. Uh, well, personally, I got 19, so I was very happy with the Saturday. Obviously, it's a shame that the team lost, but scoring loads of runs in a losing cause, tough to complain about that. Yeah, two sevenths of the team's runs. That's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Ned, panic stations yet? Absolutely not. Hampstead had their easiest game of the season on Saturday. I would imagine they picked up, I think they picked up 12 points, but that's no cause for concern. Uh, there are a lot of weeks left in the season. They were always going to get 12 points to, uh, on Saturday. No one's worried at the moment. Long way to go. Lots of good performances inbound. I think, I personally think, and if, it's, if, if this podcast is recording, please record this, but especially Mungo, I think it's going to come down to the last day. Yeah, that is what we were preparing for in the, in the threes. I did ask Zoom just now, especially to record that bit and, and rest assuredly that, that bit is now recorded, especially for you. Perfect. I do want that to go in because when it does come down to the last game and we have the episode before the final week, I can then say the words, I told you so. Yeah. Just... I mean, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said last week, but I'm glad we're on the same way, thankfully. No, but you weren't, you, I don't know if you know if we were recording though, that's the thing. So that might be yeah, a little... might not have been especially but... recording last week. Where exactly. Right now... Yeah. He's told you especially. He's told me especially, that's true. It's on the record. It is indeed. Papi, is he back? Uh, Anton, uh, Rory, the, the boys still, still keen, rearing to go? Or are they falling apart as a, as a unit? I mean, certainly not falling apart. The, the lack of Papi is, uh, is profound. 
the sources close to Pappy have said that he will not even be making his return this weekend. Obviously, we're all, we're all very sad about that. But there are also sources that tell me that both our glorious leader, Henry Anton, and B. Harrison Esquire will be back on Saturday, providing a much-needed morale and cricketing boost to the threes. Which, which is which? Which is morale? Which is cricketing? <laughs> um, well, anyone who's played cricket with Barn knows that he's a, he's a serious weapon behind the stumps. I've got a question. Which Russell has the best betting average so far? Well, Mungo, is your batting average better than 21? Just. Just. 26 or so. Like you said, Ned, there's a few weeks to go. Well, there's, there's loads of weeks to go. I, I think yeah. I think we're going to do a poll. Which Russell is going to have the best batting average <laughs> by the end of the year? And dear Lord, I hope it's Ned. And I'm, yeah. I mean that in the nicest way, Mungo. But uh, please be Ned. Come on. Come on, Ned. I think if there was ever an incentive that I needed to turn the runs back on. <laughs> back on. Because I turned them off. Look, I, <laughs> I closed the tap and they stopped coming out. But now I'm, I'm going to turn the runs back on this weekend. And, and in the run up to the end of the season, look, it's going to be an absolute run fountain from, from, my, from my blade. Come on, Ned. That's all I've got to say. Come on, Ned. Hashtag Ned Russell, people. Hashtag Ned Russell. Thank I'm glad you. to hear Love the you. official voice of uh, the Elon Cricketer is behind me on this one. Thank you, Lee. What do you mean official voice? I was away for a week. I let Ollie step, step in. I'm the official voice of this podcast. Fact. Hashtag Ned Russell. We've reached an impasse. We're not going to resolve this conflict. And I feel like we shouldn't try. Yeah, I'm still hungry. I'm going to go. He's going to go. Ned, Ned, you can go. Hashtag Ned Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lee Parry. Thank you, Mungo Russell. Thank you, Ian Cricketer. See you, fellas. See you, champ. All the best this weekend. Go well, bud. Wonderful to hear from, from Gravesy and from Cabs. We have another thank you to make for last week. Catherine Pierce, our editing hero, when Milo was away filming some golf event at St Andrews. Cat um, once again stepped up, edited the podcast and looked to much acclaim. Look, uh, Lee, I know, I know you said that you didn't want to give Ollie any credit and, and all the credit should go to them too because if it was a good episode, look, I'm, I'm the constant. I'm, I'm there when it's good and when it's bad. That That's... Are you, are you saying are you saying that Kat is a better editor than Milo? I'm just asking you the question, Mungo. They both have different strengths and are both different people. That's a good answer and, and well done. And I, yeah, good. <laughs> they, they, not, not, they can't take anything from that, can they? There's nothing they can take from that. No bias either way? They can edit this out, by the way. They don't have to even put this in. God, they have all the power, don't they? We really do. Yes, we really do. They do have all the power. Just the guinea pigs. The pesky, the pesky guinea pig. Talking about pesky and talking more about all the power, how is AJ getting on? Oh, mate, you won't, he's going to Latitude this week. Latitude no. Festival. No, oh, yeah. not. Yes, he is. Does that have really specific geographical coordinates? Suffolk. Okay. Who's he go, going with? Oh, that was, I've just got that. That's awful. That's, <laughs> that's awful. That's so bad. I even answered the question before realising how stupid your comment was. Latitude is geographical. Nice. Is it not going to Longitude, mate? Is, is that the uh, is next festival? Longitude? AJ, what's your word of the week? My word of the week is bus. Thanks, AJ. Sorry, AJ. Sorry. Oh, dear Lord. Lee, when are you back playing cricket? Uh, soon. What does that mean? So I've got an agony on question that's come through, uh, Mungo. It reads, dear Mungo and Lee, 
I've been away recently and I've been struggling uh, with a few, a few family issues. Whilst asking my parents who their favourite child was, they decided not to name either of us and instead named Oliver Wilkin. It's my mother's birthday coming up soon in November and Christmas is around the corner. Do I buy my mum a gift? Does she really deserve it, not choosing any of her children by birth? Yours truly, Lee Parry. Well, that's a good question. Thank, thanks, Lee, for the question. Um, and I think, look, I, I'm not really at liberty at liberty to, to hypothesise about, about this, nor can I really empathise because my, my mother really loves me. I'm laughing, Gerald. <laughs> Maybe because my mother so doesn't rude. love me. That's so rude. <laughs> Um, but but as someone yourself who's who someone like this has recently happened to you, Lee, what do you think? Are you going to be you going to buy your mum a gift at her, at her next birthday? No. Okay, that's pretty conclusive. I I would I'd be on the side of building bridges. Look, not many people are going to have the same loving, caring relationship with their parents as, as I do. But if if that was to falter at some stage, I would. You know, I'm going to put be... yourself. You know, I'm going to stop. No, no, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to put yourself in my position. And I know I'm sounding a little angry here, but you would be too. One, Oliver replaces me on the podcast because I can't be there because I was with my mom. My mom then chooses Oliver as her favorite child. Your turn. Look, Lee. It was only because he was on the podcast that week. It's it's just a podcast thing. Like being on this podcast, is obviously, such an honor. She saw that Ollie was on the podcast. He immediately leapfrogs you in the order. She's not getting a birthday or a Christmas present this year. That's a fact. And I know my mom listens to this, so deal with it. And I don't get, you know what? I'll get Ollie to buy you something and I'll bring it over for you when I'm next there. If I can be bothered to come around, by the way. That sounds like a nice compromise. That You should do that. Ollie will buy a really nice gift. He'll buy, he's, he's actually good at gifts, Ollie. He'll buy a nice gift. Do you have any more questions? <laughs> we do. We do, have a, we do have a question. And in fact, it is actually coming from someone we have spoken to on the podcast. We have a question from Ben Grace. He says, Agony Aunt. Hi guys, I play in a team with someone who keeps shelling dollies at midwicket. Every time he drops them, I burst out laughing on the boundary. Should I A, stop laughing and be disappointed the chance is gone? B, shout encouragement to boost team morale? Or C, tell Mungo he's a useless twat with symbols for hands? C, easy. Look, I think B, I think whoever, whoever, whoever is dropping those catches needs a boost. So some morale from the boundary would be really appreciative. For whoever it no, is. No, the, the answer is C. No, no, I think I think it's B. I think I think you don't want to kick someone when they're down when they've dropped their second underarm at mid-wicket in, in three. No, it's not what you it's not what you want, it's what the answer is. And the answer is C. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's B. I'm, I'm pretty read, sure. Read B out again for me one more time. C. No, B. Uh, shout encouragement to boost team morale. C again. Tell Mungo he's a useless twat with symbols for hands. C. I think it's E. I think it's or D even. Um missed <laughs> out completely. I'm intrigued to know what D was. Uh, D move said fielder, whoever they may be, away from mid-wicket, where you know, like they just haven't fielded there before and don't feel comfortable, and put someone who is competent in said position at mid-wicket and move move the other bloke to, you know, somewhere nice, like mid-off or fine leg. Uh, e is dropping. No, he's doing the dropping already. Very good. That's very good. That's very good. So C. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, I now just want to come clean. Listeners, I've got a real issue, okay? Completely unrelated to what, to what the question has just been asked. I keep dropping absolute sitters at mid-wicket. Like, genuinely, they are, it's important stages of games. 
and the ball is hit to me at maybe five miles an hour at mid-wicket and I drop it. I have a theory it's because I'm too tall and they're coming to me at knee height and also that I'm not very good at fielding. Um, what should I do? Lee, I'm asking for help. This not feels like a, this not, this not feels like a therapy session. It, it doesn't is. feel like a podcast anymore. I'll pay you later. Do you, still, you want an answer from me? Yeah, or if your answer is just going to be calling me a twat and telling me to get on with it, then I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think we're at the end of the podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. It has been, it's been a real roller coaster. Um, everybody go well at the weekend. It's another big one. They, they keep coming around. Ones are looking to keep momentum going. Twos are a, a bit hot and cold, a bit hot and cold, which means they'll be hot this week, I'm sure. And the threes, uh, it's just but a minor blip in what is a coasty, gorgeous, heavenly journey to the title that ends, as you have said, in a final day showdown at Pope's. That is all from me. That's all from me. Good night. Good night. Dang-a-lang-a-lang-a-lang-a-lang-a-lang.